Hey, it's Jess, and welcome to The Heart Strong, a podcast where we explore navigating the challenges in our lives. It's my personal mission to guide you towards your greatest potential. So come along with me as we explore living with courage, or as I put it, living heart strong. Welcome to The Heart Strong Podcast. On today's episode, I'm sitting down with Melissa Burgess founder of the fantastic and delicious smelling candle company, Craft and Foster. Melissa has a super inspiring story that includes being a veteran and facing PTSD, being a wife and a mother of four, um, and creating a candle company that has grown from a local pop-up to a nationally recognized brand. Today, we're going to talk about allowing our stories to shape our lives, leaning into what is in front of us and creating brands that impact our world for good. And I want to tell you real quick before we get started that I met Melissa recently because I reached out to her about doing a heartstrong candle. So we're actually working on two candles. Um, We just chose the scents recently and they're going to be fabulous. And I can't wait for you to check them out in our shop when they are ready. So Melissa, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Hi, Jessica. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So I thought it would be fun to start talking about how Craft and Foster came to life and um, what's the original story behind your shop. Yes. Well, we call Craft and Foster an accidental candle company. Um, (laughs) I never, you know, I wasn't young and dreamed up having a candle company of my own one day or anything like that. Um, I had kind of gone through like a really hard season of life. I have four children. Um, I had just had our third baby. Um, and, um, long story short, you know, I, when I was 19, I joined the military. Um, and I really shortly after I got out of basic training, I ended up, um, in Iraq. It was like real, real quick. Um, and I was a medic in the army and, um, just happened to be really good at that job. And so they attached me to an infantry unit while I was over there. Um, and I was there for 13 months and I went on all kinds of missions that women don't normally go on and, um, did things women don't normally do when they go to war, you know, and uh, came back and had a real rough go. Um, and, you know, I, I, it's been almost 20 years now and I'm still kind of journeying that whole process out. Um, but, you know, I have had my up seasons and my really down seasons. And so um, right after I had Ezra, I had a really, really rough go. Um, and so I was looking for something to put my hands to. So I started like building furniture and doing all this crazy stuff, you know, like building these shelves and then trying to like sell them on Etsy and it like actually (laughs) cost me money to ship to people. So, (laughs) you know, that will work. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm like making all these things and doing all this stuff. And, um, my friend gave me a little candle kit and, uh, it was like a gift. I don't know if it was a gift for um, you know, when I had Ezra or like my birthday or something like that, but I made a candle. I remember thinking, oh man, I love that. Cause Chad and I burned candles all the time. Just, I mean, we were constantly burning candles everywhere. And so, um, then she signs me up for this market for the furniture stuff and she's going. And so I'm like, okay, I'll go with you. And, you know, I had just had a baby. So it's like, you know, I don't know who I think I am that I'm going to build all these furniture pieces and take them out to the market when I'm still like (laughs) in the first like six weeks of having a child, you know? Um, So instead I made a batch of candles, like probably 30, 40 candles and just pick some scents. Didn't really know a ton about candle making or anything like that. Um, but I took them to this market and I sold almost all of them. And I was like, Hmm, that's oh. interesting. 
And so then um, I signed up for a couple more markets that summer and same thing happened. And so then um, I tell Chad, I'm like, Chad, I think maybe we've got something here. It feels right. You know, everyone loves them and I think you should help me sell them, you know, and he's, he's got a, a background in sales and marketing. And, you know, at that point, my candles were in like these little Etsy looking kind of Mason jars with the little mm-hmm. lid with the little, you know, I like tied on the little label and stuff. And yep. like, well, <laughs> I'm going to sell these. We're going to have to make <laughs> So, you know, we rebranded the whole thing into like almost like an indie kind of uh, mm-hmm. candle company. And um, and then it just, it really, I mean, it took off out of nowhere. Never, wow. never would have expected it. It was like one of those things that you, you try a lot of things and then the thing that wants to happen happens. And that's kind mm-hmm. of how it went. Um, mm-hmm. You know, within that first I think 16, 18 months, we were like in Neiman Marcus, you know, Neiman Marcus. Oh my gosh. We were in Neiman Marcus and Nordstrom was reaching out and we had retailers all across the nation. And we were, um, in, we were like in these packages in the golden globes and we'd worked with FabFitFun and all that stuff. And it, it just blew up and it was, it was a real, real wild time also. Cause I have three kids at home, you know, and I'm doing all of this out of our apartment in California. Like, you oh know, my gosh. we have this like three bedroom apartment and it's like the tiniest little thing. Everything in California is like the tiniest little thing, you know? And so I was making candles for Neiman Marcus in my kitchen, like on my stove top. I didn't even have equipment then, you know, um. Um, you know, I'm doing like these fab fit fun deals that are like, massive like in my basement i made like four thousand candles for fab fit fun on my basement floor you know oh my <laughs> just gosh. the crazy wow. craziest things you know and i think you just um i look back and I, you know it's been eight years now um almost a decade of my life lots and lots of hard work um and I just, you know, we still laugh about it. You know, I can't believe we own a candle company. This is this is the thing out of all the things, you know, <laughs> went to college, got a degree, did all these things, and I own a candle company, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's uh it's interesting. It wanted to happen. It wanted to happen. I love how you said that the thing that wants to happen happens. I think that's yeah. so true, but we have to have, I guess, some level of surrender for that to happen too. Like don't you think? Yeah, definitely. You know, I could, I could still be trying to like build shelves on Etsy right. and ship them off. You know, I think that's the thing is, uh, what I look back on now is like, I tried a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing, one thing led to the next and then mm-hmm. that led to the next and then, mm-hmm. you know, and then craft and foster happened. And so, yeah. I think, you know, not being afraid to pivot and change and, just totally redo, you know, I think that's, you know, building shelves to, you know, making handmade soy candles, you know, Mm -hmm. um, those are very different things. And we were also like working in foster care then. And, you know, like I said, I I have a degree and I have all these things, but it, it seems to be the way my life naturally, it naturally flowed there. Um, you know, and I'm a, I'm a Jesus person. And so, you know, I, I feel like, you know, when you're listening to the Lord and trying to follow that still small voice in your heart, like mm-hmm. when you go at night, what's feeling right? What are the things that are, that are opening up without you having to like kick down a door, you know, sometimes yeah. you have to keep the door open, but 
you know, where, where's the natural lean and the natural leading and you kind mm -hmm. of you follow it. And that's kind of what we did with craft and foster, you know, not that we haven't made tons of mistakes and kicked down the wrong doors, but, um, <laughs> you know, that is kind of what we've done. We've just followed it as it opened up before us, you know, and it mm -hmm. has been an incredible journey, lots of, lots of ups and lots of downs, you know, building a business, yeah. <laughs> but it's it been, um, you know, I look back, especially now in this season where I'm at now, I look back with like a really grateful heart that I didn't, mm. um, that I didn't like count myself out on this in the beginning. Yeah. I could have told Neiman yeah. Martin, like, you know, I'm making these on my stovetop, right. You know, or <laughs> whatever. Right. Um, but hmm. you know, we went with it and it became something beautiful, which is pretty something beautiful. Yeah. It's like so many times I think in our lives, like we want to force things because we yeah. think they're the thing that we want to do. Yeah. And you know, something you said is something that I feel like I'm learning. And, and I feel like we have this culture, right? This like personal development culture that wants us to have all these goals and do all the, and I think that's really good. Like you should have a, absolutely have to have a vision for your life. But yeah. you also, it, it it does like things kind of fold in, like something yeah. works and then something doesn't and then something works and you have to kind of be open to that. If you're holding so tightly to the one thing that you want to happen, yeah. like that's probably not where you're going to end up. But, yeah. you know, it's like you kind of, this is where, this is the door that's opening today. I'm going to walk through it. This is the door that's yep. opening tomorrow. And then also learning like when the doors slam in your face, that's just not for you. That's not the thing that yeah. you're supposed to do instead of like feeling badly about it. And I've spent time in the, the places where it's like you ruminate in that. And I'm like, finally realized like that just wasn't for you. It's, you know, yeah. nothing against me or anyone else. It's just not the right thing. And then we just can like quickly move on from it. Yeah. I think, you know, what's really interesting about that is when Chad and I first started Craft and Foster, there weren't a lot of like small batch, like candle companies out there. Like mm. there were, there were like a handful of us that I feel like a lot of us started similar timing. Um, mm -hmm. And we were in California at the time where, you know, like the handmaids, port local makers, especially like mom mm -hmm. doing mm -hmm. some all that we, um, that all played into us like really yeah. going. But um, I can remember like looking, looking around back then and even being like, man, why are they, why are they, why does it seem like it's so easy for them to get from point A to point B? Why, why are we struggling? You know, why is this so yep. hard? I think in the last couple of years, I've really come to this understanding of like, what's, what's supposed to be ours and what we're supposed to be doing is what we're going to do. And it's not, mm. what's not for us is just not for us, you know? Yeah. And it, it, that takes like a, I don't know, like a deep gut strength to be able to be like, it you does. know, I, I really wanted that thing, but it just wasn't for me, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, we have definitely had things of that nature happen mm -hmm. within craft and foster. And then, you know, just within life in general, you know, mm -hmm. as we um, tried to figure out, you know, I, I feel like every season of life, you're trying to figure out what you're doing and what, what is mm -hmm. life and um, what's my purpose and what, it, what am I supposed to be doing here? You know, and just coming to a place of peace with like, what's for me is for me and everything mm -hmm. else is not. And it helps you not chase down things that, um, that just, you know, will take you on detours you don't need to go down. You know, we've had lots of those. So, yeah. And we all have. And I think that's like one of the gifts of time and age and all mm -hmm. these things that we can see that. Yeah. But I think it's a really 
important message for people listening who maybe are an entrepreneur or are thinking about doing something. It's like, yeah, take like if you never would have done the the shelves, like you said, you wouldn't have ended up with the candles. So that was a worthy step. That was an important step. And so it's like, and I can even see now in certain things where I look at other people, maybe their organization or business has grown to a place. And I'm like, part of me is like, ooh, I wish I would have gotten to that place. But the deep knowing part of me says, no, that actually wasn't for you. There's something yeah. else that you're supposed to be, you're doing the right thing here yeah. for you. And there are, there's other things in this direction and mm-hmm. to get to that place. And I think that you're right. It's like that intuition, that Holy spirit, that yeah. deep knowing, and then just like sitting there and allowing that I think is like such a beautiful wisdom that you shared. Yeah. It's not easy always, but it's, no, it's definitely, it's it's definitely the right route. <laughs> it's not. So I'd love to know, like you said, you know, Neiman Marcus found me and I was like making candles in my kitchen. Like how did all of that happen? Like I think, you know, in collaborations and brands and building brands, like sometimes that takes forever. How, like, how did that happen so organically for you, do you think? Well, I, you know, it's been really interesting because it's something Chad and I have been talking to each other about a lot recently. And I, there, there are two things. One, I think we put ourselves out there with a product. Mm-hmm. We were, we were, I mean, we hit the ground running. We were like, if we're doing this, we're doing this, you know, we're doing it. So we said yes to just almost every opportunity that came our way, you know, like mm-hmm. there was nothing too small and nothing too big. And so, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, now it's not necessarily my advice to say yes to everything that comes your mm-hmm. way. But, um, I think some of that was it. Like I was willing to work through the night, you know, not sleep, just, you know, pound these candles out and get them mm-hmm. to where they need to go. Um, so there's like this hard work piece behind it that Chad and I just like, we, we were willing to put in the work and I think, Mm -hmm. um, and to make the sacrifices necessary to put in the work. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think the other side of it is it just comes back to like, it's the thing that wanted to happen. It's like, I look Mm -hmm. at it now where we are now in our business and I know this was what Jesus wanted. This is what God Mm -hmm. wanted to happen. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, without, without that piece of it, like there are, we have made so many, Chad and I are both very creative humans. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you saw the back end of our business, the spreadsheet side, you'd be like, (laughs) we're going to need to get you some kind of system here. You know, my system works Mm -hmm. for me, but if someone else came in and looked at it, they'd be like, uh, what is all this, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's, you know, we, we worked really hard and then we made a lot of bad decisions and still God was with us and us through those hard times. And we, you know, the, we took on a business partner super early because we didn't think we could do it on our own. And it turned out that he he was an incredible human, just didn't have the same vision, you know? And so Mm -hmm. that almost took us out trying to figure out how to navigate that thing. And then, um, you know, just, we moved across the country. We were living in California where everything is like 20 times more expensive than the Midwest, you know, and trying to build a business there. And, you know, we just, we powered through, powered through, made bad choices, but God still was with us, you know? And I Mm -hmm. think that was that's the thing. Like we wouldn't be here if Jesus didn't want us here. Like we should have right. been taken out a long time ago if this wasn't supposed to be. So, um, I think it's those two things. We worked really hard. We powered through, we kept going. 
Um, Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I think God's hand has been in it since Mm -hmm. before it even started, you know? Yeah. So I would love for you to share a little bit about, you know, like your faith, because you mentioned that that's an important part of your life and even in how you make choices for your business. And I know that you've gone through a lot personally, you Mm -hmm. know, with being a medic and PTSD and being a mom. I mean, all of those things. And, and it's like, how, how did that come to be? I mean, you've seen a lot of really hard things in the world. How, Mm -hmm. you know, I always wonder for myself and I think people listening, it's like, I go through these hard things. I see these hard things in the world how do you come to that place of peace? Like how, is that something that you could share just a little bit about if people are curious yeah. about that for themselves? Yeah. I mean, so I didn't grow up like in a, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I actually grew up in foster care. So, um, my parents were both addicts and, uh, you know, I was like in and out of my, the home with them and with all mm-hmm. kinds of different foster families and all this kind of stuff. And then shortly after I turned 18, I joined the military went through all of that. Um, and I kind of was like a, you know, like a soul kind of being tossed to and fro. I didn't really have any kind of an anchor, um, of any kind, you know, uh, kind of like a gypsy soul sort of, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, my, uh, Iraq kind of was like the cherry on the top for me. Like, I think my childhood, I had all these traumas and then I go to war as a 20 year old young girl mm-hmm. with all these and, you know, and this, it just experienced horrific things. And then I came home and I was so lost and the trauma was like just bubbling over. It wasn't just the war. It was the childhood and the war mm-hmm. and um, all the things, you know, and uh, my friend had found Jesus while I was out, was while I was in Iraq and um, she had written me letters and stuff like that. And when I was in Iraq, Oddly enough, um, the chaplain that was attached to us had given me a book about this missionary guy named Jim Elliott. And I just thought this guy Mm. was so incredible how he like followed God. And, you know, I had like a, you know, like a, just a general tiny little picture of Jesus and not really understanding how it all worked. And, um, I, uh, when I got home, I was like, I mean, I, I was ready to just be, you know, be done. You know, I had a really, really rough go and my best friend came, picked me up. I mean, I looked homeless when I went to church the first time Um, I had been lying around, not doing anything and uh, not eating just, you know, I really was hoping that I wouldn't make it, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So I ended up at church and I sat in the back. I didn't want to talk to anybody. didn't want anything to do with anybody. And um, this guy named Shannon Cap came up to me after. And he was like, you know, I think we just, we should pray for you. And so him and these other guys marched me back into this back room and they were all praying. I didn't know what was happening. I don't remember like a specific time that I was like, yes, Jesus, but something happened in that moment that captured a piece of my heart that I could Mm -hmm. never, um, I mean, I owe everything to that moment, you know? Uh, And so, and then shortly after that, I started an internship, uh, it just went all in like two weeks later mm. and I traveled all, <laughs> traveled all over the world, did missions, um, preached wow. all over the world, helped plant churches. I mean, my degree is in, um, biblical studies and pastoral leadership. So I thought for sure mm. I'd be like, you know, have, I'd have a church today and, um, wow. either that or I'd be raising my babies in like, you know, remote jungles in Asia, you know, or something mm. like that. But, um, you know, I think the, my faith has been a journey, 
you know, I think when I first got saved, it was something new and shiny. And I was able to lean on this newness to get me through a really hard season. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I got married and I had four kids really quickly. um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, never really had to deal with any of the things behind me, you know. And so, uh, you know, my walk with the Lord has been lots of ups and downs and there have been lots of doubts in the in-between, you know, but mm-hmm. there are there have been so many moments that I can't explain away um, or, you know, times where I know God spoke and then I saw it happen that, um, you know, in the moments where I'm just like, what is life? What is this? You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, the suffering, the hurts, the, the confusion, you know, all the, all the things that you go through. I mean, everybody's got it. You know, the human experience is not an easy one, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. but I think, uh, the longer that I've journeyed with Jesus, the realer it's become. And I've, I bring my questions to the table and I bring my doubts to the table and I don't faith myself into things like maybe I did when I first started walking Mm -hmm. with Jesus. There are some days I do not have faith to believe that I'm going to get through this process that I'm on. Or, you know, there have been times even with our business that I'm like, we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. I don't know how we're just, just not going to happen, you know. Um, and so I think it's just uh, the longer you journey with Jesus, the more you come to like an authentic place of like, you don't have to pretend to have it all together. Um, you don't have to you know, present a faith that never wavers or, um, you know, show up with joy in your soul every single time, because sometimes there's there's just a, you know, uh, just a real, those real moments where you just pour out the darkness that's in you to the Lord. And you're like, I don't know what to do with this stuff, you know? Um, and I think that's where the peace comes from of, with just this understanding, uh, in Christianity that you have to have all of it together, that you can faith yourself into, you know, joy and, um, and believing that everything's going to turn out okay and all these different things. And I think that God just wants us to come to him authentically and to be like, Mm -hmm. to bring all the doubts to the table um, you know, I think I've spent a lot of the last decade of my life with my heart just really poured out before him. I don't pretend mm-hmm. to not um, struggle with darkness, you know, mm-hmm. and act as though, um, you know, the, you know, when people talk about like faking it till you make it, you know, I yeah. think there's there are pieces of that that are powerful. But I think there's also in, in your walk with God, I think he wants the real raw like, listen, I don't understand this. Like why, you know, you're allowed to ask questions. You're allowed to bring your doubt to the table. You're allowed to be like, I don't know what I believe about this. I don't know Mm -hmm. what I believe about this. Like, you know, and I think the, the main thing that I can look back on and that has brought the most amount of peace. The one thing that I know is Jesus, Mm -hmm. that, that I am his and he is mine. And, um, that without that, I think life is unbearable. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I think it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know how anybody makes it through without, without the hope of, you know, what Jesus brings to the table, you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, in this life, there will be suffering, but mm-hmm. one day 
everything will be made perfect. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he sees every moment of the suffering and he is with us. And um, even when we think we're not going to make it through, he's right there with us. And, you know, I think it's there. I can't, I can't count the amount of times that I've been, you know, stuck in my bed in the last decade where Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I mean, God, if you want me, if you want to take me, that's okay. You know? (laughs) And I mean, I have four kids too, you know? And so there's like those pieces of it too. Like, you know, you're trying to show up the best you can for your children and your family and your husband and all the different things. And then at the same time, you're running this crazy business and Mm -hmm. trying to work out the trauma of the last four decades of life behind you, you know, and it's, um, life's hard, but, but, um, you know, I, 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 it's not easier with Jesus, but it's better Mm -hmm. than being without him, you know? And I think that's like the main thing I've gone through lots of, you know, ups and downs in my faith and all of that. And, um, yeah, I think the one thing I just can't get away from is how loved I am, you know, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I am his and he is mine. And Mm -hmm. sometimes that's enough. And sometimes I'll just sleep through the day because it's not. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, and I think that's so real. And I love how real you are about it because, um, life is hard and there are so many things that we don't expect. Mm -hmm. And I think every human wants to know that they're loved and that their life has purpose and to really know it, not just here, but to like really know it because it makes it bearable. And then it also gives us purpose. Like, you know, I think that's one thing I love about your brand is that it's not just about like here, I'm burning a candle right now. It's not just about the candle. It's about the message, the mission, the purpose that you have behind it. Um, And so I would love for you to share a little bit about that. Like, I know that you love to honor stories and that, um, you know, you're doing a smells like hope initiative, which is really cool. And so just talk to us a little bit about how like the mission, the heart, the soul behind the brand as it is today and really like what you would like to see it be. Yes. So, you know, COVID kind of gave me a gift that um, I didn't know it was giving me. It caused us to slow down uh, in a a way that it gave me time to really decide like what I wanted this to be. Because like I said, we didn't plan to have a candle company and there Mm -hmm. were times on this journey that I was just like, why am I doing this? You know, like <laughs> this is, the dream is not to be like in a warehouse pouring candles all day, you know? Um, and so, you know, during the, the two years that, you know, spanned COVID and all of the ups and downs of all of that, I really got a chance to like dig deep. And, you know, if I could do anything with this business, what would I do? Mm-hmm. Um, And I think that is where the smells like we've kind of we're transitioning into this like smells like hope initiative, which has been God opening up doors. We started to pray and ask the Lord, like, what do you want us doing with this thing? You know, Mm -hmm. Um, and I I did a lot of mission stuff when I first got saved and when I first found Jesus. Um, And so that's always like been part of what I had hoped my life would be about. Um, and in, during COVID, I met, um, a woman named Nancy from an organization that's been working in India for, um, 20 plus years doing all kinds of work. You know, they, they do a lot of Jesus stuff, but they also, um, do a lot of, uh, just good church, like schools, um, employing women, feeding people, um, working with, um, differently abled people, all that kind of stuff. So, 
you know, I got an opportunity to go out and sit with them and hear what they were doing. And I had no idea why I was there or what mm -hmm. God was doing. Um, and I'm at this conference and, um, I remember I was sitting at the table on the very last day, just still really confused. Like, God, why am I here? What, what do you want from me? Like, whatever you want, you can have it, but I don't know what you want. You know? mm -hmm. um, so I'm, Chad goes to get breakfast and they're getting ready for the last morning session. And there is a man there. Um, and he's like practicing worship, you know, and I just felt like he was like, <laughs> it was like a moment, you know, I felt like mm -hmm. he was like over me and the heavens parted. Um, and, uh, you know, I just, I uh, opened up my Bible and I started reading John chapter six, where, you know, Jesus has this massive crowd sitting around him and his disciples are there and, you know, everyone's hungry and Jesus asks his disciples and he's like, how are we going to feed these people? You know, and his disciples are like, we can't, I don't know what, you know, like, even if we had everything, we, if we added everything we all have up, you know, we still couldn't do it. And, you know. Um, and then Jesus like, what do you have? You know, and there's like mm -hmm. a little boy there who's got, you know, some fishes and loaves and Jesus like, well, bring me that, what you do have, bring it to me, mm -hmm. um, and watch what I can do with it, you know, and that's kind of, and then he's, you know, he feeds the 5,000 people, which is, was much more than 5,000 people. Those are 5,000 men. Right. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and then there were leftovers, you know, the disciples mm -hmm. all went around and, gathered up the leftovers. And I felt like God was like, Melissa, what do you have in your hands? And to be honest, Craft and Foster is literally our only asset. We don't own a, we don't own a home yet. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've poured everything back into the business to get it to where it is today. Um, and I was like, Jesus, this is all I got. I got this candle company and I know how to pour candles. I'm kind of a machine, you know, and, <laughs> um, you know, and I felt like God was like, give it to me. And and watch, watch me feed my people. And, um, wow. and so I was like, all right. And I still, I left that, I left that day having craft and foster just in my hands, like open, open in my hands, like God, whatever you want to do with this thing, do it. Cause I don't, I don't want just a candle company. Mm -hmm. I don't I have no desire to own like a manufacturing facility. I don't, I don't, that's not, that's not my heart, you know? Um, and so whatever you want to do with it, let's do it. And then, um, I think six months later, I went to India for the first time wow. um, just to see if I could source stuff there. If there was a place, you know, if there was something that spoke to our souls about who and where and how we would do it. Um, and we ended up in, um, kind of like the heart of India at a, at a location where, um, there it's like a women's center, mm -hmm. um, and I just knew that's where we were supposed to be and what we were supposed to be doing. And so for the last year, I've been trying, I've been dreaming up this line of candles called Tove, which means the goodness of God. Um, and uh, we've been working out the logistics of, you know, building a facility there and hiring women and, you know, um, the women that we were able to hire are women who wouldn't be considered hireable because they have no education and, um, you know, India still definitely has the caste system in place where, you know, you're, if you're in the bottom castes, you, you don't, you don't do things, you know, so it's, you don't, you don't get to you work. Can't, you don't work if you're yeah, in the bottom. You, you can work, but the work that you do isn't, um, is like the lowliest things that they can okay. think of. You know, so you, not even making candles would be on the no. list. No, wow. no. 
So, um, and then also I think being, to be hired by a company like ours, like they wouldn't be allowed the honor of that. Like that's how they would kind of like see it. Okay. You know? So, yeah. um, we've had to be, we have to be really careful when we're doing all of this and how we explain it and who we talk about and where it's at and all of that, because mm-hmm. there are logistical security things that, you know, sure. um, but, um, yeah, these women are just the most beautiful souls. And when I, I got to go back, um, in March and I got to teach them how to make candles and, mm. um, you know, everything was against us. Like I, that I was, I had gotten it to India and our stuff still hadn't cleared customs. Like it was just sitting there, like nobody, like they were waiting for us to bribe them or something. I don't know. Like, I was just like, God, what are you doing? Like, you mm. know, I spent a year doing what you asked me to do, you know? And, uh, I think we, so we were like a few days behind and then it was like a straight up miracle that things got to us when they did. Like, it was like they were stuck in customs and then an hour and a half later, they were from a different state in India and they were with us there, you know, it was, it was wild how it all went down, but I did, I got to, um, teach them how to make candles and they are just, I mean, they've just been through a lot in life, you know, and it's a different kind of struggle than any kind of struggle we experience here in the U S you know, and, um, the hope is that we, uh, so we got to build a facility there for them to pour candles in. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we should get the first batch of candles that they've made, um, sometime in the next month or so, which is, so we'll get to launch the line, which is really incredible. But the goal with it is, um, to eventually do all the parts of candle making there. So, and to employ, um, villages of, of women and people from lower castes that wouldn't have opportunities outside of, um, outside of their caste. So like, you know, growing, growing the soy and making soy wax. And, um, there's a, there's a village that I went to the first time I was there. That was just like, I knew, I know so much that God wants me to do something in that village. And we're going to have them do, um, the wicks, make the wicks and prep them for the women and stuff. So that will be 2024. We'll get them going on that. So being able to like, kind of do the whole process there, um, and then the profits from that line will go into the Smells Like Hope initiative, which is j- literally just whatever good we can do in the world, we're going to do it. So, mm-hmm. you know, babies, uh, educating little girls, um, you know, veterans. I'm also working on a veterans line that is, I mean, I've been working on it for two years and it's so near and dear to my heart. It's uh, to honor women veterans. Oh, I um, love that. What's that- the name of it? Do you have a name for it? The line? Yeah. It's called Valora, which means Very valor. Cool. And um, mm. they, each of the candles represent like a group of women, but they're named after one woman. Okay. Um, and uh, my one of my favorites is um, Tubman. We did one for Harriet Tubman because a lot of people know her from a lot of things, but they don't realize that she was she's actually a veteran. I mean, she didn't get called a veteran and never got veteran status or um, any of the benefits of being a veteran. But I mean, she led raids and freed slaves and ran a whole network of spies. And I mean, she was absolutely a veteran. So um, yeah. And so uh, we did, we, we have four candles launching for that. Um, Anytime we're working on the last pieces of it. I, you know, it's every, every little detail is like, so 
it's like such so much work. So it is uh, people don't yeah. realize behind the scenes, like all that goes into bringing something to the world. It's truly incredible. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. So I'm super excited about that. And the hope there is, um, I mean, there are so many wonderful organizations that are, um, helping veterans, but there's like yes. something kind of stirring in my soul that maybe, you know, even our followers would like nominate a veteran in their life. And then mm. we would take the profits and bless them. Like, you know, maybe there's a veteran out there that needs a roof on their house, a new their roof. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll buy them a new roof or, um, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly how it will work, but just, you know, I have this, like this thing in my soul. Like if the thing I could leave behind when I, when I pass one day is just like a wake of goodness, mm. like that would be, I would feel like my, my life had, had purpose, you know? Okay. And I think, and yeah. so I'm always looking like, where can, where, what can we do with this thing that we have that God wanted to happen to do his work in the world, you know? And I think that's, um, you know, I, two years ago, I, I wouldn't have even been able to see this yet, you know? So it was like a lot of, um, I love, I love what you talk about a lot about the keep going. Like mm -hmm. I spent at least half of the last decade, just putting one foot and step, you know, one step at a time, one foot in front of the other. And I just kept going, even when I didn't understand why we had a candle company, when I didn't know why I was working so hard, you know, when Cruz was born, it was like the height of all the crazy when we had Neiman Marcus and all these people wanted candles. And it was like, you know, it was just Chad and I, you know, and so, um, and so many, I missed a lot of his first five years of life, you know, and, uh, just trying to understand like, God, what are you doing with this thing? Why do I have it? You know, and, um, seeing it all kind of work together has been really, really beautiful, you know, I think that's the other thing that really gives me peace at the end of the day is this real understanding that God is working it all together. Mm -hmm. He is. Even, even when you can't see it. Even when you can't see it, he's working. That's it. There's a song, you know, it gets yeah. me. Um, even when you can't feel it, he's working. He, and he yeah. is. And, um, I, you know, you wouldn't have been able, I wouldn't have been able to dream this up two years ago, you know? Mm. Um, and I have no idea what it's going to look like two years from now, but we're just going to keep going, yeah. you know, and yeah, open-handed. Yep. Open-handed, open heart, yeah. open hands. Yep. Yeah. 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 And just, and I think that's like one of the cool parts of being a creative person is like, we, 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 we kind of crave that you know, unknown in some senses. Yeah. Yes. I think that that's sort of interesting to us, but um, we're still humans, right? And it's like, we're running, it's like, oh, well, we gotta feed the kids and do the things. And so that gets a little bit, a little bit yeah. scary sometimes. But I mean, I think that um, what I, what I just love about your message is like, you're building this business and that's really important for your family, but you're building something more than a business. You're building goodness and you're building love and you're building service and you're building better things for other people or just even creating awareness around those women's stories in India and giving, yeah. bringing value to them as human beings, as women. I mean, that's like, that's what our world needs so much more of. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think the the women in India are going to be a really interesting journey for me 
I really mm-hmm. am still learning how to even talk about that experience with them. You know, mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, they, they, even in their homes, like they have to be fully covered. Like they don't, mm-hmm. they can't show their face. Um, which, mm-hmm. you know, they just, it's very like, they have a job to do, but they, it's not necessarily like their soul has worth, like their, mm-hmm. their life has worth. And if, if I could just give them a glimpse of that, that maybe they can pass down to a daughter that mm-hmm. might get a bigger glimpse of that. Um, I, I feel like that's success. You know, I think that that's been, what's really interesting. I would love to just go to India and blow the socks off of everything and just be like, <laughs> women are amazing. You know, yeah. you, you, got, you know, your soul has worth and you're not just yeah. a baby maker, you know, and yeah. um, which I mean, that being able to carry a baby and bring life into this world is an amazing thing, but just this understanding of who they are has worth outside of that and what they do in their homes. And um, it's going to be really interesting. I had this thought recently, like, what if it has nothing to do with me or, or them even? What if it has something to do with one of my granddaughters being who God yeah. created me or has something to do with one of their granddaughters? doing something God had, God has already planned and mm-hmm. it's just part of the story. Just get to be a piece of it. And, yeah. um, even that is worth it. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think it's like that, those glimmers of hope, like that's yeah. that whole smells like hope initiative. I think, or I think our lives run on hope, even when it doesn't feel like you have hope. Um, mm-hmm. and I think if we can just, uh, spread hope around a little bit, I will mm-hmm. feel like my life had purpose, you know? Yeah, I love that. I told the story on um, a previous podcast, but it's so a- applicable here. I was in Boston with my son, Blake, and he wants to be a scientist. So we always go to like a science museum. If we go somewhere, we were in the Boston science museum. You walk into this room, it was called the math room, like the history of mathematics. And the back wall, it was like a rectangular room. And the back wall was just lined with like little bricks, kind of like literally the size of a brick. And the whole wall was just lined of it. And it was all people who contributed. I don't know if it was like 1600 or 1400 to present day who Mm -hmm. all contributed something to like mathematics. But the cool thing about it is like each person built on the person before. And there were some bricks that said like he died trying. Mm-hmm. There were other bricks that was like, well, they realized that actually wasn't true about mathematics, but then the next person figured this out. And that was like such a profound experience for me because while I think we're all so of value and importance, each human being, we mm-hmm. also overly see ourselves in that way. Yeah. And it's almost like, what if we have this baton and it's like a relay and we're running it and then we're going to pass it to somebody else. But if mm-hmm. we don't run our part of the race, we will not be able to pass that baton. And so I've been just listening to you. I've been thinking a lot about that lately, like the faithfulness of running your race yes. may not be like exactly what you think it's going to be, but it might impact generations beyond us. But if we don't, how important, like equally how detrimental that would be. And so I just think it's something for people to think about in this culture where it's like, have a goal, reach it, make an impact, have followers, be known, which all are are good things. Like all of us need to do that if we're building something, but there's something more and longer lasting 
that I think we're supposed to be building. And I just thought like, it just came to mind. And I thought that was really cool that you mentioned that. Yeah. That's really beautiful. And math taught you that. <laughs> yeah. All things. All I know. Things. Yeah. I think that's pretty incredible. I do. I, that's what I think about. Like when, um, you know, we do these things called candle laps and we, uh, we do them all over the place. And a lot of the times when I'm talking about, um, craft and foster and all of that, I just, I always, add in there somewhere of like, if you've got something in your heart to do, do it. At least try because Mm -hmm. you never, you never know what it, what it's supposed to be. Or like, and I think a lot of things in my life have nothing to do with me and everything Mm -hmm. to do with other things that God's doing, you know? And I think maybe some of that too is probably like the older you get, the more you realize like, I'm just a human. I'm, I'm, I am just a human out here doing yeah. my part. Um, and the yeah. less that you want to, you, you have to be like the, the shining star and all those kind mm-hmm. of things. I think there were probably times in my life that I wanted a stage or a platform or a hoped that I'd have mass influence or different things like that. I think it's just kind of part of growing up and stuff, but I think at the same time, it's just this like deep understanding of like, I got to do my part. And if I could help anybody else do their part, I got to do that too. Mm-hmm. And, um, and a lot of the, a lot of the parts are just unseen parts, you know, you know, yeah. I was thinking about like Chip and Joanna Gaines the other day, you know, like, my gosh, the empire that has been built, you know, and they are, yes. they are incredible humans, you know, and, um, but just the understanding of like, that's like a, that's like a once in a lifetime opportunity that happened there, you know, mm-hmm. and get got to see the like decades of work that happened before they ever hit for that yeah um and all of that and not everybody gets to be chip and joanna Gaines. you know Mm -hmm. what i mean maybe but you but you might be this the store owner in rockford illinois that's downtown selling cool things like chip and joanna Gaines. you know you're doing your part in the economy and in people's lives and who knows who you'll meet through your store or whatever else you know um And so I just think it's, yeah, I think getting over like this, you, you have to build something huge and great and big. And, um, it, it could be the littlest things that have such an impact on this, like ripple of life that in things that God is doing, you know, um, and maybe that's comes with getting older, you know, turned 40 and it just Mm -hmm. feels like, I don't know, it feels like a milestone of Mm -hmm. like of maturity and growth and just a different understanding of like, you know, four decades down, here we go. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it's wisdom, right. From your story, like you've allowed it to shape you. And that's Mm -hmm. also like, I think super cool. So I'd love to know, like, I'm sure people are listening. They're like, well, she's got four kids. How do you do all of that? Like, you know, people ask me about that too sometimes. And it's, I don't think there's, I mean, if you looked upstairs in my house right now, like there's laundry everywhere and the dishes aren't done and it's a disaster, you know, so (laughs) that's just being real, but you know, you work alongside your husband, you have four kids, like you have a lot on your plate. Mm -hmm. What have you learned in doing this? Um, even like a little advice that you could give for other like mom entrepreneurs or families who are looking to build a business to do it well, but to do it real. Yeah. You know, I think I was thinking about this, um, even the other day, uh, I had, I've had, uh, having a moment with one of my daughters, you know, and I think, um, 
we haven't, we don't, I don't think we necessarily do it well. Mm. We just do it. You know, we do it the best we can each day. And I think it's like this knowing of like, when I say yes to work, it means I'm saying no in some things to my family. Um, Mm -hmm. If I say yes to my family, I know I can't accomplish these things at work. Um, And it's, uh, and if I say yes to work in my children, maybe Chad suffers the teens as his wife. Mm -hmm. Um, And probably that's where the suffering happens the most because, you know, you've got (laughs) to happen. Um, But I think it's like, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think I have it down. I don't, I don't, to be honest, I don't think I believe in balance. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's. that's I don't think I do like, either. I don't think you can yeah. have it. I don't think you can be creating anything in this world unless yeah. you're like a, a person maybe without a spouse or without children. Yeah. Even then it's hard because you have other things that are important to you. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that there is balance. I don't think we can have that. No. And I think it's a fallacy to think that we should. Frankly. Yeah. I think it creates um, just an opportunity to fail every day. And anxiety. Goal, I think. Oh my gosh. The anxiety. Yes. Yeah. When the goal is balance and giving an equal part to every single piece of your life and doing it all super well, mm-hmm. um, I think it just sets you up for failure, which yeah. people will probably be like, that's, that's, I'm really sad to hear that, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> the reality is it's like, we have been doing this for quite some time. And what I've learned is there's never been a season of balance ever. Mm-hmm. I, I give and I take and I wake up every day. Some days I'm not the best version of myself. Um, but, and I just give the whole day the best that I got, you know, and some days the best that I have goes until about 2 PM. And then I'm just <laughs> like, probably don't want, nobody wants to be around me. I've given yeah. all I've got by 2 PM. Um, but yeah, I think I've stopped trying to balance because when you have four children, there is literally no balance. We've got them all in sports right now. Oh gosh. I literally have no clue what I was thinking. I'm, yes, coaching, I'm coaching one soccer team. The other, the two girls are also in soccer. My son plays basketball. Every night of the week is something, um, trying to do, trying to cook dinner so they're not eating McDonald's, you know, like just all the things. And, you know, some days, you know, they're eating cereal for dinner, you know, mm-hmm. and that's the best I could do today. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. And I think yeah. that's like the, coming to grips with like the best you can do mm-hmm. is really amazing. And, you know, I have this, like, I have this thing and it's like deeply ingrained in my soul. And I think it helps, uh, alleviate some of the guilt I feel as a mother, Um, because I'm a working mother and I'm also trying to do what God created me to do while Mm -hmm. I'm a mother, because I think both are important jobs. Yes. Um, Yes. And, um, but this, the, you know, in Acts and Acts chapter 17, uh, Paul is talking before all the leaders and he, he says that God sets the boundaries of our life and the time that we live Hmm. and yeah. And so that we have the best chance of coming to find him, you know? And I think about that in my children's life. Like they were born. I think about it in my own life. I've gone through everything I've gone through. I was born to who I was born to in the time I was born with the best shot 
of coming to know Jesus, that I would, something in my soul would long for him and I would find him. Right. Mm. I think that about my children too. God thinks that I am their best shot at being (laughs) who he created them to be. And I think that takes a lot of pressure off of like, and the reality is, is I know that I'm going to fail my kids. I know I'm going to, I know I'm going to fail my business in some ways. I know that I'm going to fail in my marriage at different times. Like those things are never going to be perfection because I am a human and I can only do what I can do. And yeah. some days I'm, I'm ornery and, you know, I need some more sleep or I haven't eaten until 5 p.m. or whatever, you know, you get a little hangry. Um, but I'm I'm showing up the best that I can. And I believe that I'm the right person for the job in my children's lives. What I bring to the table is what they need to be who God created them to be. Even when I feel like it's not everything that maybe my friend down the road is doing, you know, or how they're raising their babies or, you know, that's the hard part about social media is you're able to compare yourself to all these other things. And I've tried to shove myself into other mom shoes and mom a different way than I know how or show up in different ways for my children that are just completely unnatural to me because I think I have to or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the longer I've been a mom, which, you know, my oldest is only 12, so it's not like I have grown children and their successes already, but they kind of are. They're so great. Mm-hmm. They're so great. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's like I... I'm doing the best that I have with the skills that I have and the tools in my tool belt with the life I've been given. And I believe it's enough. I believe it's enough. And where I fall short, God will step in at some point. And where I've hurt them or I've failed them or whatever else, there's counseling for that. Yes. And I, would, I would be joyful to pay for it one day. Um, and I think God, God will do what I can't. And mm-hmm. I think there's no child that goes unscathed in this world from trauma mm-hmm. from their parents, because we're all human and we've all got our junk that we're working out at the same time as we're trying to raise children, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. I think I've just really come to this grips of like, I am their best shot. I'm their best I shot. That. Yeah. I love and, that. That takes a lot of pressure off. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think it really does because I know sometimes I feel like, oh, I should have done this and I should have done that. And they're going to wish I did this, you know, and I think, and then, and I love too what you said, because it's a big thing that I have wrestled with is I am called to be their mother and I'm called to be the woman God created me to be. And sometimes those things feel somewhat in contradiction a little bit, not Mm -hmm. necessarily like, you know, mission wise, but time wise, you know, energy wise, resource wise. And I think as a woman who I feel very called in my life to do certain things, like that's part of me and I should fight for that too. Just like I fight for my kids for the things that they need and to give them what they need. I also deserve that. I, maybe those aren't the right words, but that fight for, for me, because that's who God made me to be. And I think, um, I would love to see women step into that because I think it's both. And I think you're right. Like we're the people for the job with the kids that we have. And I, I'm going to remember that. I love that. Yeah. And that's really good. I think that's like, I think that's, what's really important about this is like, you know, you were talking about the passing of the baton. There's like mm-hmm. all the women behind us that have passed the baton forward to get us mm-hmm. to a place where we can even sit on a podcast and say that our yes. Outside of our home, also, and yes. that's worth in that, and there's value in that, and there's 
um, that it's beautiful to mm-hmm. do both. And, you know, and just think about like when we pass our baton on, you know, I think about my daughters, like, you know, Ezra, she's fiery, you know, she is mm-hmm. she's fire. She's going to be like a little CEO, like, you know, <laughs> run in the world and won't think a thought about the fact that she is a CEO and a mother. If she, if she, yeah. chooses mom, you know, and all those kind of things. And Izzy too, like if you ask Izzy what she wants to do, she wants to work for Craft and Foster and she wants to do good in the world. That's what she wants That's to do. so cool. I, I get to pass yeah. on something to my girls that, you know what, you really literally can do anything mm-hmm. that you want to do. Follow your heart, follow the thing in your gut. Like you can do both. You can be a mom, you can be a wife, you can have a a home that's not perfectly put together that looks like it just is getting picked like pictures taken tomorrow. Like the same, right. you should see my basement full of laundry. I do not know how, how you get so much laundry. I don't know where yeah, I don't either. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, and I, you know, I, it's not, it's not perfect. You know, there's, it's wild. I'm looking over right now. There's like 30 pairs of shoes next to the front door. Like why can't we put them in the closet? You know? Yeah. But, and uh, it's it's okay to have a messy house and sometimes feed your kids cereal for dinner and um, and go after the dreams in your deep soul. I think it's, yeah. I think all of that is beautiful. Yeah, that's so well said. I love that. So this season on the podcast, I'm asking all my guests this question. And so I'm going to ask you, I'm focusing on who we become in the world and what we create in the world from the heartbreak that we witness around mm-hmm. us and the adversities that we faced. And so I think my, like my final question for you is what do you really like about yourself? Like, what do you love about Melissa because of the adversities and the challenge and the heartbreak that you witness? Like what is some beautiful deep thing that has grown out of that in you that you see in yourself? I just love so much that you're asking me this question. Mm-hmm. I think if you would have asked me this two months ago, I before I started counseling, I probably would not have been able to answer it. Mm-hmm. But I think um, I'm looking back. I, I spent a lot of time in my life kind of detached from the trauma of mm-hmm. the, my childhood and war and all that kind of stuff. Um, and as I've had to take a look at it and start talking about it and doing some of the work to kind of move through it. Um, I realized, you know, that I'm resilient, you know, Mm -hmm. there, it has been my life. I think if you could look at it like on a, like fractions or whatever, like, or percentages, probably 90% of my life has been challenged straight uphill battle. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm still here. Like I'm still here moving forward. And I, I genuinely love people and want to help them. And I think it's like, I think it's created this like empathy in me for other people's struggles. You know, like, I think it's sometimes easy to look at the darkness in others and, you know, their struggles and, um, to be like, oh, they're a lost cause. But I, I was a lost cause, you know, like I, I was like bitter and my heart was broken and I was full of darkness and all these things. And yet I'm here, right here where I am now, you know, and I think um, it created in me this understanding that there is not one person too far gone for hope to fill their heart and love to change everything. And um, I think it's created this desire in me to play my part in helping others understand that, you know, um, 
And uh, yeah, I think the resiliency is like, I'm like, dang, I am, I am strong. <laughs> I am powerful. I can't believe I made it through that, you know? And yeah. it, um, it's interesting because, uh, you know, it's hard to like talk about yourself like that, you know, but it is. I have been through some things and I, uh, and I'm going through them. I'm like facing them and that takes a courage. It takes it so much courage. So if there's someone out yeah. there that's got some things to face I'm telling you right now, if I can do it, you can do it. We can do it. Um, it's hard at first to like start journeying through it. You know, it's very difficult. I um, mean, it's scary. And I do believe when they say it gets worse before it gets better. I think that's really true. Um, mm-hmm. You'll find yourself crying in your basement, repainting your entire house for no reason. And it's like, what am I doing? Um, but yeah, I think um, I've been through a lot and I'm still here. And I just, I love, I love your keep going so much. I'm probably going to get tattooed somewhere on my body. Oh yeah. I love it too. It's like, it's like we have to, I mean, it's like, you know, it doesn't mean we're doing it like. I always think about that. I'm like, is it, is that toxic positivity? Like tr- truly I thought of it because I, I like don't want that, but it's like, no, I mean, every day sometimes it's just one foot and maybe it's just one step because we can't take more than that. Or like my son got up at three 30 this morning. My, I, my son that's disabled and has, and it's like, I've been up since then. And it was just like, literally the, some of those nights you're like, I cannot freaking do this anymore. Like, this is so yeah. hard. I'm so tired. I don't know what he wants. He's hitting me. Like it was, you know, and it's just like, okay, you just got to keep going, Jessica, to the next step, to the next day. This is part of your calling. Stay faithful. One more step, you know, and that's like all the, some days that's all we can offer. Yeah. And it takes courage to offer that. It takes courage and it takes, um, it takes strength to offer like just even time, even if it's the tiniest piece of you, the fact that I wake up every morning and I get out of bed. And I, and I go for it. Like that is resilient and it's strong and it's brave and it's courageous. And, um, when God's working together, something beautiful from it, you know, for you, for me, for, for everyone, you know, and, um, yeah, I think I'm a lot stronger than I think I am Yeah, sometimes more than I can see because we see all of our little minute things where we're just like, rather just Netflix and chill for the next five weeks if that's yes. fine. <laughs> yes. yes, I agree. Yeah. Well, thank you, Melissa, for being on the podcast. You're an amazing human. And I just really admire how just honest and true and gritty that you are about your life. And I love your brand and I love what you're trying to bring to life. And I'm just so excited that our paths crossed and um I just, you have a lot of important work to do and I just love witnessing just a small part of it. Yes. Same. Uh, thank you for having me. This is the first time I've ever done podcast. So. Oh, okay. Well, you were, I would never have known that. Yeah. So awesome. thank you. Thank you so much for having me and all of that same back to you. I think you're an incredible human full of strength and wisdom. And I'm really glad that you put yourself out here in the world because we all need it. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for joining me here on the HeartStrong Podcast. Please rate and review this podcast and share an episode that you love with a friend. Because when you do, you help us grow our mission of encouraging people to grow through the challenges of their lives and to live their full potential. We'll see you next time.